Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our next guest is. Hello and welcome to another Our Next Guest Is, a conversation with the leading speakers working the corporate world today. My name's Michael Pope and I'm here with Carson White from Leading Voice. Carson, who is our next guest? Our next guest has reached the heights in sport as a professional AFL player, completed an honours degree in exercise physiology and is now kicking goals in the corporate world as a much in-demand speaker. He wants to create a shift in our thinking about health, happiness and stress. We've never had more access to health information than we do today. At every turn, there's a new diet, a new medication, a new exercise regime. Yet we're more stressed, depressed, sleepless and overweight than we've ever been before. And for all the years of training and study, they haven't provided the holistic answers to health and longevity he was looking for. However, a volunteer trip to Southeast Asia for an aid organisation changed all that. Our next guest is Mark Bunn. Welcome, Mark. Absolute pleasure to be here. Did we read that like you wrote it? Absolutely. <laughs> Beautifully done, as I knew he would. <laughs> uh, now, first things first, uh, Carson introduced you as an AFL player, but then I drilled down and see it was just for Fitzroy. So you weren't, <laughs> you weren't serious then in that goal. <laughs> well, I had a confused at Hawthorne following uh, the Fitzroy days, but um, as I say, I was a very, uh, had a very inglorious career. Right. And, uh, and what, what do you mean by inglorious, Mark? Uh, well, I certainly didn't set the world on fire. Funnily enough, at the start How many of, games was it? Because yeah, stats are important yeah, in AFL. We got, the, we got in the 50s, 50s? overall. Well, that's so. not so you made the 50 yeah, game club. Made the 50 game club. That's yeah, good. So. And, and was that a goal as a young person to go into sport? It was actually about my only goal as a as a young boy. I right. was one of those just absolutely fixated on playing AFL. That's all I wanted to do. Even girls were secondary. And uh, yeah, uh, fortunately got over my uh, lack of uh, natural ability, I think, and uh, made it through perseverance. Sorry, we're talking about girls or football. <laughs> Both of them. Both probably, yeah. But clearly the path trodden has taken you away from sport now. T- tell mm. us about those early days where you were seeking something more than being a, an elite athlete. Well, probably one of the benefits of not being a, a absolutely naturally gifted athlete is that I had to work at all areas of the game. And if I could get an advantage in something in terms of performance, I really went for it. So at 19, I learned something called transcendental meditation, mm-hmm. um, which was absolutely fabulous. Gave me that sort of ability to just control the stress and get on top and, of that. And, and focus. so, much, just for the listeners out there, what is transcendental meditation? Transcendental meditation is just a very simple, natural, effortless mental technique that allows the mind to settle down to what we call its its nature, which is just calm, silent, quiet. So, a lot of lot of high level performers, athletes, um, Olympic athletes. The Seinfelds, the Hugh Jackmans, the Katy Perrys today use it because it's just in our really demanding high-pressure world. Mm. It's that technique that's very easy, doesn't need much discipline, just need to sit in your chair, close your eyes, and within you know a few minutes you can get that. And enables you to reset. Reset, clear, and switch off at the end of the day as well. So it's not just a way to prime your day in advance, but particularly with a lot of business people today, it's that switching off at the end of the day where they're not taking all that stress from work Mm. and then interfering with their ability to rejuvenate at the end of the mm. day at home. So and so you were taking these great. techniques into your sporting life? Yeah, so at 19 I was um, shuttling off to the, 
the uh, toilets in a game before you know the MCG in front of seventy thousand. I'd go off to the toilets and meditate while all my teammates would be banging their heads against the brick wall, listening to Pat Benatar or right. uh, kicking footy and, or, or talking to girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think there's an AFL footballer who even today would be doing nah, that. You were ahead of your time. I was. I used to do um, yoga sun salutes as my warm ups and right. breathe through my nose, and uh, I was real weird. So, so in a serious question, I was just going to say, do you believe that really helped you with your football where you lacked in other other areas of the game? It really helped me in terms of my recovery, basically. I mean, there's only a certain limit to will enable you to be a better actual mm. football in terms of your skills. But it helped me recover. I got through games a lot better. And I probably just didn't stress about how uh, yeah. how ordinary it was I, as, a, yeah. as a player. I, I think it's that last part about stress that... It, Yes, it is intangible to measure, but I imagine it's that area of post-game disappointment or or refocusing on next week that this gave you an edge. Yeah, exactly that. And what you touched on earlier was also the the transition from football into what I did with the rest of my life. It really helped because it just broadened my whole Mm. perspective on what's important in life rather than just being narrow-minded in terms of football was everything, Yeah, I think it just may be much more sort of well-rounded. So that takes us to, again, the teaser that Carson said about an overseas trip in Southeast Asia that really changed your direction? Yeah, so I was trained in Western Health Science, so very much the conventional nutrition and exercise and performance, but realising that most people were, you know, so many of us stressed, depressed, overweight, went to Southeast Asia, and as everyone who goes to these traditional cultures observes is that they're just very happy despite Mm. hardly having the shirt on their back or the roof over their head. They're completely Mm. poor. And so I began researching the Eastern traditions of healthcare, Eastern medicine, and was surprised that, you know, for thousands of years they've had these traditional medicine systems that what they've advised for us to enjoy our highest levels of health and happiness have never changed in contrast to Western science, which tends to change every week. Okay, so we have fads in and out and sugar's bad now and all of that. Whereas yeah. these guys and girls have been living the life for generations. Exactly. So, so let's save a fortune here. What's the secret to happiness? Um, two key things. One is that they live in tune with what we call the natural laws of life. So there's a certain rhythm and cycle to Mother Nature. You know, daylight, night, seasons come at certain times. Because they don't have so much technological interruption... They live naturally with those cycles. Is that the circadian rhythm? Circadian that rhythm, yeah. yeah. We now call it circadian medicine in right. science. But basically, they eat their main meal in the middle of the day when the sun's strongest and our digestion's strongest. At the end of the day, they connect with their families, but they have lighter meals, go to bed with the the, um, the sun going down, and everything just flows mm. naturally from there. The other big one they have in contrast to us is their just sense of community. You know, fundamentally, everything's about family, it's connection, they live together, mm. whereas more and more in our world, unfortunately, we're more disconnected than, right. than ever before. What was the purpose of the mission, well, other than the aid, aid organisation part? Yeah, well, that was the main, that was the main, main aim, yeah. but it was sort of uh, indirectly that I would go out to little remote villages. There was an Ayurvedic doctor, that's my Eastern training, called Ayurvedic Medicine, and he was an Indian, and we'd go out in this back of this little motorbike to the... The villages, you know, out middle of nowhere, basically, and they had nothing, and they'd line up, and he'd, he'd whisper to me on the on the table before they even got in, and he'd tell me exactly what was wrong with them, <laughs> because of you know the colour of their skin or the way they sort of held their body or the, their voice, and I was fascinated, and um, so it really got me intrigued in the whole sort of traditional wisdom of health and then how we could integrate it into sort of modern modern medicine you you mentioned that's the eastern training and you've 
obviously studied in the Western as well, are they in conflict in areas or are they complementary? Can they sit well together? They can sit well together, yeah. Obviously, the Eastern approach is very much that holistic prevention orientated first. So, you know, stop the problem before it happens. Mm. Western medicine particularly, Western health science, comes more from the other direction where, you know, if if there is a problem, then what can we do? We're good at band-aids. What we tend to do in the West is we get bogged down by the detail. And I want you to imagine a tree. You're a gardener and you want to grow a tree. You can know everything about the branches and the different leaves and the flowers, but unless you water the root, the tree still dies. And so Western science, we have all this information about the details, you know, all the branches of medicine and health and all the tiny little details of micronutrients and antioxidant names, and, but they all don't mean anything unless you know how to water what you can't see. Mm. That's where the Eastern sciences, that's mm. their wisdom. What you can't see with the naked eye, that spirit, the consciousness, what connects us, that's what they know. There's a t-shirt in that water where you can't see. <laughs> I always try and find a t-shirt in every podcast. That, that, uh, that uh, tree analogy is really, really clear, and I can, you know, I can see how that goes over well in your keynotes. Has there been times when business pushes back on this? Who's this guy coming in with his Eastern philosophies? How do you deal and overcome those prejudices? Mm. Um, there has been, but less and less, because what we do now is we back up all the Eastern wisdom. The beauty of modern science is it's very good at doing research. And so for all the ancient wisdoms that we've had to sort of buy in just from a, because it's so common sense and it seems to be simple and worked for thousands of years, but now we also have the scientific research to back most of it up. Mm. So when we have the natural cycles, and I tell people to eat lighter at night because that's when the digestive fires, you know, going to sleep and da da da. Now we have research to back that up. Um, when you talk about sunlight in the morning and how important that is to get natural exposure to sun through the eyes, now we have the research to back that up and what that does to depression and mental health. And when we talk about earthing, you know, to go outside and take your shoes and socks off occasionally yeah. and connect to the ground, yeah. now there's years of scientific clinical evidence to back that up what that does in terms of reduced inflammation and improved immune system and mm. so we we cover best of both worlds tell us about that time when you took all this knowledge the west through your university studies meeting the east of your experiences in situ when did that turn into a keynote speech uh, it started accidentally i uh, was doing a talk for a group called the executive connection never spoken before late 90s as a group of ceos and we came up with a three-hour well-being seminar for high performers, obviously, CEOs. And I married in the East and the West. And the chairman loved the talk, had seven other groups around Australia and said, can you come and speak to uh, all my other groups? And I right. realised there was a, a business in uh, speaking right. to people. So it went from there. So that was, I was speaking off air, that was early, late 1990s. And then that was when yep. the Executive Connection talk. Because that right. was when the health lifestyle thing just started to gather a little bit of traction. Yes. But how have you found that over the last 10, 10, 15, 20 years? What's changed? The big change for me has been this transition from the mentality that, you know, we work hard, play hard, which was 20 years ago. So 10 years ago, you know, work hard, play hard, but maybe get a few gym sessions in, eat a couple of decent, healthy meals during the week. Whereas today, there's a real mentality that if I'm not looking after my health and well-being and putting that first, meditation, good diet, exercise, managing stress, then we just cannot maintain consistent high-level performance. Mm. And I think that's coming right through companies down. You're finding them yeah. embracing this for their staff? Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. yeah.
And, and only continuing in that direction, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you look at all the high-level you know, high performers, from the Bransons to the Ariana Huffingtons to the Tim Ferrises. It's so much about health. It's interesting you mentioned those, and obviously they're, they're well-known performers. But mm. the everyday person probably struggles a bit to relate to that, that person because mm. of who they are. What are, yeah. what are your tips for the everyday person? That, you know, when I say everyday, you, myself, Michael, what are the tips for us that we can do that don't require... Um, so that level of commitment that the high performers have. Yeah. Well, looking at you both, I'm just seeing high performers and, mm. you know, all the mm. well, everywhere. Speak, I can speak for myself, <laughs> but not Michael. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, the key things that bind all of us, whether we're supposedly <laughs> high-level performers or we're everyday Joes... Or we're not. Or we're not, <laughs> is what? Happiness, you know, good relationships, good energy, good sleep. So they're universal, they're eternal. And so the key factor in all of this is what we, what the ancients would call just living in harmony with the laws of nature or the natural cycles. So we look outside, the sun comes at a certain time of the day, it goes down at a certain time of the day. The sun actually regulates all our internal cycles and rhythms. Okay, So if you didn't read another book, you didn't have any experts to come and give you keynote talks or whatever, you could literally live your life by the sun and live a really, really healthy life. Early morning sunlight through the eyes, really powerful. Mood, positivity, creates the neurotransmitters that send us to sleep late at night. Mm. Middle of the day when the sun's at its peak, we eat our main meal of the day because that's when our internal sun, the digestive fire that cooks our food, is at its strongest. At the end of the day when the sun starts to go down, we also start to wind down from Mm. the activity of the day. Less sort of technology, you know, dim the lights, light a meal at night, connect yeah. with the family, and then go into a natural sleep according to the cycles. Yeah, and of course, we are going to read another book, and that would be Ancient <laughs> Wisdom for Modern Health, which happens to have your Same name way, Michael. as highly, author. I highly yeah. recommend it. <laughs> so th- this is an encapsulation of your learnings? It is, yeah. yeah. So basically, it was my passion to really simplify health and well-being. You know, we all talk about people are so confused about what it is to be healthy today. You know, counting calories, analyzing fats. Have we got the seven steps of and all that? We've got the seven wisdoms. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So um, it's really just simplifying it, and particularly what we call the forgotten wisdoms of health and happiness. Most people have heard of them before. We know them intrinsically, but we just don't do them. So we give them the tools and tactics to... I flicked it open by chance and sunbathing. Sunbathing has been used to heal since the dawn of time. So you're still into sunbathing. Absolutely. You're still trying to get the girls that you missed out when you were playing footy. (laughs) With sunscreen or sunsmart. That's right. We don't proper sunbathing here. That's our issue. I note on the spine of the book too, there's uh, book one. Is uh, that very perceptive, Carson. More very than perceptive. one book. <laughs> yeah, is designed as a three-book series. Yes, right. the and second one hopefully out uh, next year. But you've got online teachings as well, I believe. Yeah, we've got a podcast with the same name, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Health, which is uh, recently launched. And this yeah, is your podcast. Of, that's my so podcast. So we're giving a plug for, is this, a plug we, for your podcast. Uh, can we do cross-promotion? <laughs> well, we're going to invoice you later. But, <laughs> yeah, it's um, the first yeah, time we've had a bit of a plug. The guy giving podcast. a plug. I you asked the question. So where can they find that podcast? Uh, you can just jump on markbun.com.au for everything, whether it's the book or the podcast or anything from there. That's Mark Bun with two ends, two ends, as opposed to two buns. That's exactly right. Right. Uh, I just wanted to touch on, too, with your keynotes. So talk us through, I guess, your two, two most popular keynotes and, and what our audiences get when they, uh, when they hear you speak. Yeah. So we have um, Daily Habits of High Achievers. 
um, which is all around very much a high-level business performance one, but how they integrate the well-being strategies of these healthy, long-living people. So we break it down into a high-level, successful business environment, what they do in the morning for their morning routines, sunlight exposure, you know, planning the day, high-level mental activity, but also having all those health and well-being elements, you know, keeping the weight under control, a lot around energy, really a lot around energy. Sleep's a massive one mm. in the business environment. And then we have another keynote, which is Achieve Your Natural High, which we do a lot more for sort of just employee groups, um, association groups, where it's, again, all about living in tune with the natural cycles, energy, sleep, emotional health. A lot of the mental health stuff comes into that one. Um, and then we combine sort of the high-energy keynote stuff, but then also little breakouts in terms of workshops where we might integrate a bit of the meditation or mindfulness stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yoga, that sort of thing. And the uh, yoga now and the meditation, that, how do you mm-hmm. create that um, environment within a conference room? Yeah, it depends on the setup and the uh, nature of the group, but we often do it with um, some music just to change the sort of vibe in the room and get the ambience going. And then, um, Do you have to nude up? You don't have to do that, but... No, it's um, music, Michael. Yeah. Not no. <laughs> sorry, I'm not, that's, not hearing. Free loving and all that sort of stuff. No, sorry, sorry. I don't need to take the piss. Seriously, because I don't know if I told you, but when I was around that age of 19, I uh, learnt transcendental meditation, and it was really helpful through that university days. Yep. And hearing you again reconnects me with that, that wisdom mm. that is available for all of us, but too many of us, particularly in the West, put a blind eye to it because it, yeah. it seems a bit too esoteric and a bit too whatever. But you've yeah. captured, obviously, in your book and clearly in your keynotes and just hearing you now, um, that accessibility to a, to a peacefulness and a stressful life that, uh, that you're the living proof of. Fantastic. It is. And interesting you talk about the, the TM and the meditation because um, Tim Ferriss, I'm sure many of your listeners will know, um, for our work week and Tools of Titans, basically his life's mission is to investigate and research high-level performers and what they have in common. And by far the number one thing they have in common is every day they close their eyes, they meditate, transcend, TM or mindfulness, and um, that's really now the, the foundation of their day. And it's a really key principle that's in the book and all the keynotes is that we have to start with that, that silence and that rest because it's the basis of really dynamic, sustained activity. Well, what's the David Lynch Foundation that I know you're very connected with? Yeah, David Lynch is the American uh, film producer, Hollywood film producer, Twin Peaks, yeah, right. and Drive, quite an eccentric uh, chap, but he'd also been doing transcendental meditation for about 40 years and credits it for getting him through the sort of Hollywood madness. Stresses, yeah. And, um, and so what he did is he created a foundation about 15 years ago where we raised money to teach um, TM meditation to what we call at-risk populations. So domestic violence sufferers, kids from violent backgrounds, war veterans coming back with post-traumatic stress. Mm. And uh, the team's beautiful because it's anyone can do it. So even people with severe trauma can meditate this way because it's just very easy, very effortless. And um, so, yeah, we have a foundation now in Australia, which I head up. And, um, yeah, it's really great. It's a great um, balance with Fantastic. The, the corporate speaking. And, um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, um, beautiful. All the power team. to you. Uh, where can people find that URL? Uh, davidlynchfoundation.org.au Great, and while we're speaking of websites, if you want to learn more about Mark Bunn, uh, find out about his book or even his podcast, please visit www.markbunn.com.au and that's Bunn with two N's. Thanks very much, Mark. Thanks, boys. Really enjoyed it.
That was our next guest ears with Carson White from Leading Voice and your MC Michael Pope. To hear more of our guests, you can find us on iTunes or simply visit www.ournextguestis.com.au. But until next time, let's take a break. Yeah.